So living ageless and unforgiveness. So today I'm having some reflections and they're not the happiest ones. Um, on today, we would be doing a ride-by for a man that worked very hard in life. He was an outstanding contractor, but his main gift was bricklaying. And he was so, so talented, and he was so well-rounded, and he was such a great family man. And every Sunday, he cooked these huge dinners. And he had a stroke, his first stroke, like 16 years ago. And one day he was sitting outside, and he called me over, and he was saying that I knew when I had the stroke. He said, I was just sitting, and I started having these tremors in my body. He said, and then I could feel my face, and all was just kind of swaying, or like lifeless or something. I don't know. He was trying to explain it as best as possible. But... Then I can remember it was some years before he was working on a house and I saw him and he was like, I don't know what's happening, but every time I hit that hammer against that nail, he said, I just feel nervous. He said, it's like my body is trembling. So I was like, you know, maybe you should go to the doctor. Maybe you could go see, maybe you might need to change your diet. Maybe you might need... To go to bed a little earlier I don't really know but then you know moving on when he had the stroke from that stroke that there were several strokes so on last Friday he would have made 80 years old which is why we were going to have the ride by for his birthday well as faith would have it, he died on his birthday, his 80th birthday, which was last Friday. And he will be buried on tomorrow. And I'm saying this because living ageless, forgiveness is for us, not for the other person. It's never about forgiving them. It's about Forgiving for us to move on. I remember one night they had a party. They had a, they had a very big family. Because when his daughter got married, she had 25 cousins in a wedding. Because she couldn't put one cousin without the other cousin. And so that kind of set the stage for that. And these people have been my neighbors for a very long time. I've been knowing them a long time. So they're really almost like family. But I remember one night we was at a party. And he was sitting next to me and we were talking. And um, he was like, yeah, he said, because I, I was asking him about his skills and construction and, and bricklaying and all. And he was saying, you know, my mom just didn't get it right. Like most people say, most identity crises 
are directly related to personal personal crisis. So he was saying my mom, you know, she had a little jazzy nickname. I'm not going to say it. She just never got it right. And it was a very big family. I guess it was double digits, maybe 16 children. It was a lot of children. And he said that's how our life was. She just came home one day with another baby. And he said one of her boyfriends taught me how to cook. And he gave me the skills of construction. He taught me. And then I turned around and taught some of my little brothers. Because his this man's way of thinking was be able to take care of yourself. Be able to feed yourself. Be able to provide for yourself. See, sometimes when we're talking about reparenting, it, it can come from anywhere. You just have to be open for that to come into your life. And then somebody will take that and they'll come and they'll give you those pearls of wisdom. And I, I remember when I was talking to him, he referred to his mom as she. Or her. Okay. okay. I know something must be going on. So his mom was sitting, I'd say about five or six feet away from us. And I would say at that time, he maybe was about 70 years old. So his mom was, it was that cycle, maybe 16 years older. So she would have been like 86 or something like that, 85 or 86. And I knew she could hear what he was saying. So when she got up, she had a walking cane. And I really remember this. I really do. And when she got up, she looked at him and he said, look at her. And she put her hand on that cane and she stood up and shook her body like a like it was a stripper pole. He said, you see what I mean? And I wanted one part of me wanted to laugh because of that inappropriate laughter. But I could feel his pain, and I knew that he had not forgiven her. And he suffered for at least 16 years, this very strong man. And in my mind, I really hope that he forgave her. Because what, what I do know, she's still living. She's going to bury him. And I really, really hope that he made peace with his mom. Because you can't judge that person without judging where that cycle came from. 
what did her mother not do? That in turn, she was unable to do for her children. I would say maybe one, I see only one daughter that kind of hold on to it, and that would be one of the younger children. But like he said, for at least 20 years, she just kept popping out babies. Not really seeing men just one day coming home with a baby. And he had a lot of resentment. And, you know, I'm, I'm just really, really, you want to hold on to that stuff and you fight to keep it. You really do get to keep it. I just really hope that he did forgive her. Because I heard it, and I knew him as a very kind-hearted person. But when his mom was around, I saw another person. And, you know, I just really hope. So that's how I want to say this. Unforgiveness is a very, very hard space to sit in. It really is. So forgive yourself and forgive that other person because, and whatever was done, I saw that whole scenario with this person. I'm not going to the funeral because I, I just really can't. It's not what I can do right now because I have very good memories with this person and I, and that whole family, and I just don't want to see them in that space. So, if you want to know more about her, go to Grammarly Depot, G-R-A-M-M-A-R-L-Y, D-E-P-O-T dot com. Namaste.